Welcome back, everybody, to Quid Prog Quo, the musical podcast where I present progressive rock music to my friends and loved ones, and they in turn get to have me listen to, well, I guess whatever they want me to listen to. I'm very excited for today's episode, as I am with all episodes, if I'm being perfectly honest. But we have a returning guest, my wonderful friend Megan, who I am a ride or die for. She is back, uh, and she has me listen to an album that I was, well, uh, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. And in turn, I get her to listen to one of my all-time favorite albums, and I have a lot to say, but I'm going to hold off giving a little bit more of a treat at the ad break. Uh, And before we get into the usual MO, just a few people that I always like to thank you during this little introduction. First off is Olena Olinsky for the show's graphics, and of course, Explosive Ear Candy for their track All Together Now, which is, of course, the soundtrack to this podcast, because we're all in this together, everybody. We're all in this together. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, I know I'm super excited to have you back. So welcome back, Megan. Hello, everyone. No, so, I'm so sorry. It's okay. The awkward friend is back. The yeah. awkward friend. <laughs> one of my favorite peoples on this whole wide world. Oh, I can't believe you asked me that. <laughs> I had I had such a blast the first time around that I just had to have you back. Um, oh, that makes my heart melt! Yay! <laughs> That's yeah. Good. I That's have a good, good time. I'm I'm actually like I'm excited. I have mm. something different than the last time I made that a different band mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I want you to listen to. That good. With my limited knowledge of progressive rock, you might actually like this band. Okay. Yeah. Did you spend any more time with Renaissance, the band that I gave you the first time around? No. Okay. Okay. I always ask. I always got to check. Didn't, I'm sorry. Didn't... No, no, no. That's fine. I did show my roommate. I made my roommate listen to one of the songs. So it's like, you have to hear it. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I felt like I was in a cult that one point. <laughs> this is the one song that made me feel it. Mm-hmm. And we both listened to it. And he was like, wow. I'm like, yep. Yep. Totally a cult. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh boy. So I'm excited to hear what, what album uh, are you getting me to listen to? And is there any like justification, any main reason? Like, tell me about this album. Okay. So you will be listening to drum roll, please. Oh, Feel your feelings fool by the band, the regret. The regrets. Wow, that's a lot of feelings. Yeah, <laughs> which is why we're sort of listening to it today because they're a new band for me. I'm sorry, it's not, I apologize that I I discovered them. This I actually I apologize for the reason why I discover them. Okay. Uh, so this is sort of it's I can I say what genre there is? Can I spoil that for you? Oh, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're sort of like punk rock pop rock i like this is sort of the music my one roommate listens to where bands have weird names like hockey dads or like Mm -hmm. i don't know juice box like the weirdest names ever and you go to like these small shows and there's guys with 
uh, like Hawaiian shirts and moshing in the pit or something like that, mm. whatever they do. Okay. I don't know, I was supposed to experience it this this uh, year, but COVID happened. So I haven't yeah. been able to see the men sweat in a circle. So. <laughs> <laughs> to, to really, Hawaiian you know, shirts. to get the whole essence of this music, you must be surrounded by a bunch of sweaty men in Hawaiian shirts rubbing up against you very fast. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, the very sad thing about this is that a lot of bands have sexual assault or sexual harassment claims Ooh. to them. And one of the one day I was just in the living room and my other roommate comes. She's like, Megan, guess what? We can't listen to this one band. Another sexual assault happened. No. No, it was like, I know, it's so sad. And the reason why the connection is is that the bandmate, the the guy that was accused dated the singer of the regrets. And oh. when she was underage, so there's this whole like Ooh. controversy. And if you know me, I love gossip. Oh yeah, so, like yeah. I was in, I was invested just to like learn more about the whole situation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that happened, and then like a couple months later, I was like, you know what? I'm really curious what her music, what their band, this the regrets sound like. And I was listening to it, and it it, it opened my, I was like, oh my gosh. I don't know how to explain it. You have to listen to it. <laughs> right, right. The feelings. The clouds like parted, the, uh, the sun came through, and all the emotions yeah, I was poured like, forth. I understand why people on Hawaiian shirts <laughs> jump up and down. <laughs> okay. You, you have painted a beautiful picture for me to really get myself into this. It, it's similar. I guess it's similar to the last album where, like, mm-hmm. I was, it just, emulated what I was feeling right now in quarantine I'm sort of over it I'm like yeah very anxious and all all that jazz that everyone's experiencing pandemic flows or whatever it's called so yeah this this is this has been helping me yeah that's good because I mean there's been a kind of a meme that's like oh I can't wait for my pandemic depression to meet my seasonal affective depression and just like I know (laughs) I'm like, oh, any no. day now, any day. Oh, it's already started. It's harsh. Uh, yeah. I've, I've bought like five happy lamps and just surrounded myself with light. <laughs> like, let it soak in. Give me I that vitamin. I picture of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, boy. that's a great image. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Oh, so I'm giving you one of my all-time favorite albums. And oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I oh, think no, how, I think it's gonna how, be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Okay. <laughs> um this is the first time we're having a band um a second time on here. So this is a band oh. that I've already covered. Not not for you. Um but yeah, I just spoiler alert, this is my all-time favorite band. Oh I feel so honored that I am the one that has to listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> This is my second favorite album from my all-time favorite band. Um, okay. So the band, as I'm sure you know, is Genesis. Because okay. I love I did I not love know Genesis. that. <laughs> now you do. I, it's been a while since we worked together. We had it's regular true. conversations about progressive rock. So yeah, I know. <laughs> it's been too long. Or one-sided conversations about <laughs> progressive rock. You just sit there and nod and smile. Yeah. And yeah. Like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this is their 1976 release, uh, Trick of the Tale. Okay. Uh, by Genesis. 
Now, there's a little bit of history to this album, as there are with most uh, Genesis albums. In 1976, they actually released two albums, uh, Trick of the Tail and Wind and Weathering. Uh, Wind and Weathering, they released near the end of the year. This one was released near the beginning of the year. This is the first album that Genesis released after Peter Gabriel left in 1975. Who was Peter Gabriel in the group? Like the singer? He was the singer. He was the lead singer. Uh, He also played flute. And he he wrote (laughs) most of the lyrics. Did they find someone to replace the flute? Like no, oh no. So this was hmm. this was a big undertaking because a lot of people thought that like, even though, you know, each of the band members were a very prominent fixture of the band, Peter Gabriel was the front man. He was like the face of the band, and they're like, can Genesis continue without that face? And how good looking is he? Like, <laughs> I mean, back in the seventies, he was a pretty looker. He was a looker. Okay, I'm going to Google search what he looked like. Oh, yeah. He was a looker, even into <laughs> the 80s. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> I mean, and depending on if who you ask. he was the face. Oh, yeah. yeah. If he and, was the face, he had to have a good looking one. And not only that, but he would come on with a lot of different makeup and costumes. And like he created like this whole show and persona for mm-hmm. the different tours that he would do. And he still does. Like each tour that he does, even in solo, he will come out with makeup. He'll come out in costumes. He'll do this whole big thing. And so the band was trying to find a replacement for Peter after a while, as they were starting to write their own songs, they had Phil Collins, who was on drums, mm-hmm. sing just as a stand-in. And eventually they're like, Phil, you're doing a pretty good job. Why don't you just continue to sing? And he's like, yeah, but how am I going <laughs> to sing and play drums? They're like, you've done it before. You've, you have like three songs now where you sing. So why don't you just keep doing it? And so there's a little bit of a history lesson of how Phil Collins found his voice. <laughs> so yeah, oh. this is this is his first album as lead singer. And how did it do? Well, I don't know if we want to talk about this after I listen, but like, how did it do compared to the uh, the first album with Peter, whatever his last name is? Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Peter Gabriel with the band had uh, six albums. Um, oh. Yeah, so this is their seventh oh. album. Um, oh. Okay, I misinterpreted it. No, Sorry. that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, so they put out six albums up to that point. A lot of people still think that A Trick of the Till is one of the best records that Genesis hmm. has put out. I'll so, be the judge of that. Just you <laughs> will definitely be the judge of that. <laughs> um so yeah i mean i consider it my second favorite album of theirs uh and i would also agree that it's still in the best side of theirs because it does it it does change the sound like this is definitely a different sound for genesis up to that point but it still has the staple genesis feelings of it being very very i'm trying to think of the right words um, I don't want to say very smart because that's not that's not fair. But mm-hmm. there's a lot to think about, not only musically but also lyrically. Uh, most of these songs are stories in some shapes or forms, um, and that's the one thing that I love about this album is each song is its own little vignette of a story. Feeling out what the story means is half the fun of the album. 
Okay. So I this is this is a big task. I don't know if I'm the right person you, for it. You are one hundred percent the right person for this. Come on. Now. Oh come on, <laughs> your awkward friend who can barely get two words out. Yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. able to describe what I'm the story of X amount of songs that are on this album. <laughs> you got this. Come on. Uh, okay. I feel like you don't give yourself enough credit. This is great. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to your own personal uh, interpretation and take on these tracks. Okay. So I really hope it's like, I'm, it's another cult. I love cults. <laughs> <laughs> They're <laughs> legit. The title track is all about a cult. So Ooh. there you go. There you go. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I will go off and I'll listen to Feel Your Feelings Fool from The Regrets. And uh, you can have a spin of uh, Trick of the Tail from Genesis. Mm-hmm. Wish me luck. Oh. <laughs> Good luck. You're gonna, I really hope you like it. I really oh, hope sure. you like the album. Because I, be I was like, do I want to do ABBA for Michael? Is this I'm, the time? I'm almost shocked because <laughs> like... even Stephanie with her third appearance didn't do ABBA. So I've yet to incur the the joy that is abba i watched mamma mia 2 and i just need to watch it like five more times and then i will be in the mood to listen to abba with michael rogowski okay okay it'll be time at that point yes let me just watch it five more times get it really in there yep okay uh shall we depart yeah i will see you in just under 50 minutes uh, how long is this album? Oh yeah, 51 minutes is Trick of the Tail, so I'll see you then. Megan and I go into our separate silos and listen to each other's music. I will admit, this one was a little bit of a challenge for me. It was a little bit of a challenge. I'm going to let myself speak for myself later on in the episode, but just kind of know that going in. And man, some of the things that Megan brought to the table when we were talking about Trick of the Tale really made me think. Like, it really put it into a new context for me. And this is part of the reason why I love doing what I'm doing with this podcast. It's taking things that I have overanalyzed and essentially lived with for the past 30 years. And it's forcing me to look at it in a whole new light, a whole new way. And I'm just loving it. I really, really am. So I can't thank her enough for coming on board and doing that for me. Uh, so a few people that I want to thank, and this time I'm, I'm sticking pretty traditional with the people that I'm thanking in terms of this one. These are individuals that have been with me pretty early on. The first one is Joggin Chum or Paul. He had me listen to Frames by Ocean Size way, way back in the day. Thank you so much, Joggin Chum. You really, really do. Uh, as well as he goes by the nomaker of GRV Rush 2112. And GRV has been with me pretty much since my first upload. I remember he was one of the very, very first individuals to comment on any of my videos. And I really, really thank him for all of his support throughout all these years. And if you want to be cool, like Joggin' Chum and like GRV Rush 2112, head on over to my Patreon. It's Patreon slash Notes Reviews. You can also find that link in 
all of my YouTube videos. If you donate, you get a live shout out, you get a shout out on my podcast. It's all good things. Plus, if you donate enough, you'll actually make me listen to an album in a live stream or have it reviewed in a certain form, depending on your tier that you donate to. So yeah, what are you doing? Head on over there, support me. You know you want to. <laughs> anyway, that's about it for me. Without further ado, let's dive back into this week's episode. Okay, welcome back. Uh, thank you for having me again. <laughs> I had a post-Megan Genesis journey. Good, good. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Um, I, you know what? I had a good time. It was good. a fun album. I don't know if it's meant to be a fun album, but there are key songs where I'm like, this can't be a song, can it? I guess it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a very fun album. Yes. Okay, I interpret that great. There's only surprisingly. So when I first looked at saw the, I guess the song list of the album, I was like, ah, oh, damn it! Michael gave me an album where all the songs are super long. Last time we talked, I didn't. I don't really like those songs. Yep. Yep. But, but... but there's only one song where I felt it was too long. Oh, which one? Which one? The robbery, assault, and battery song. Okay. That one went on a little too long. Hmm. But it is also the longest song on the album, I think. Um, I it's that. it's kind of par for the course. It's oh, actually no. it's the it's the longest song is Madman Moon. I think the longest one is Ripples. My like yes, okay, the longest one is Ripples. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so many, but like that was the only one where I felt like it was too long. Interesting. Okay, I can understand that because at this point in the album i feel like we've already had two songs that are similar to robbery assault and battery like yeah. dance on a volcano and squonk both of those yeah. tracks i feel are very similar to what robbery assault and battery are doing so i could i could see why it would feel longer even though it's kind of a shorter track in comparison to a lot of the tracks that are around it mm-hmm. um also, it's very similar to A Trick of a ta- of the Tale. It is, like, yes. Those two, I think, were the two. Or maybe even Squonk, too. Mm-hmm. Were ones where I'm like, these, this is really fun. But also, like, these are songs about an alien, question mark? Well, A Trick of a Tale is. <laughs> and then Squonk is about a mystical t- creature, question mark? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I want to hear what you what you think the tracks are about because this is always my favorite. I did part. take notes. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> I didn't take notes last time, but I took notes this time. Oh, good. Um, good and good. I also like, but I also like had the lyrics up, and then I also did a quick Google search of the meanings. But that was just the meanings were forums of Genesis fans. So oh, okay. Yep. We'll do. We'll just see if we'll see. Okay, so uh, Dance on a Volcano is the, I thought it was like sort of the coolest war song and I didn't even realize it was a war song until like halfway through. Yeah, that's a really interesting way of interpreting it. Yeah, I love it. The war songs, like at least the war songs I know of from like the Civil War area just didn't, I don't think sounded like this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or like were like the same. Like this one was 
I don't know how to describe it. This one was different. Yeah. I love the music for this one as it's kind of off kilter. Like the rhythm doesn't necessarily, like it's, the rhythm is in a different time than the, the actual um, melody. I, there was a weird noise that I was trying to figure out what the instrument was for. Like it was sort of like, um, it sort of sounded like a mad scientist experience. Like, like Mm. The visualization I have is just like wavelengths. Mm-hmm. It could be one of those synths things. I don't know what the instrument is, but it just made this weird noise. And I was like, I know it's like on the tip of my tongue that I can't figure it out. And the imagery of just like science. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I love um, Dance on a Volcano. And when they play this live, sometimes they actually bleed it into the last track of Los Endos. Oh, so, well, makes sense. Cause that's the last track has all the bits and pieces of all the songs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and one of the things that I love about Dance on a Volcano, um, whenever I think about it and interpret it, I, I, similarly to you believe that it's like a war song but i feel like it's a war song of an overly confident side going to war against another side that it will eventually and inevitably win and Mm -hmm. the the side is at least within the song for me is like a a war against mother nature hence the whole like we're going to go up to this volcano we're going to the attempt greens there's a lot of green mentioned in it mm-hmm. green and blue mm-hmm. yeah uh and obviously whenever you go to war against mother nature mother nature is always going to win mm-hmm. and so that's where they're like well we're just going to dance on this volcano kind of an idea and let that molten rock bleed forth and now what oh shoot oh no so yeah mm-hmm um okay entangled yeah it's really creepy like Mm -hmm. i i will describe it as like haunted memorizing dreamlike and i assumed it was like someone was on drugs or like a (laughs) mental health situation but like it sort of calmed me a bit i thought first i was like this is a weird second track to this album following the first song we listened to Mm because they were two vastly different rhythms and tunes and whatever the words are yeah but it just sort of after a while I was just like I'm into it I'm getting I I understand okay yeah I love Entangled it's one of my favorite tracks like ever um and I love as you mentioned the dreamscape aspect of it uh the story that I have is follows like a nursemaid uh throughout Mm. kind of the aftermath of war and they're taking on all these different patients, but at what price does the cure come at? And almost the corporatization of medicine where we're going to experiment on you. We're going to see what the cure is. And now that we have it, we're going to slap a, 
an unspeakable bill on it that you must pay up for. And I got yeah. a clockwork orange vibe to it all. Yeah. Like the weird experiments and the, mm. the music, all the, like this, just the instruments and the music just added to it. Also, I was like, this is creepy, but also. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I love how it all kind of comes together into a medical gothic story. Voices can faintly be heard. Please leave this patient undisturbed. Sentenced to drift far away. Hmm. Uh, like we're looking, I think the most famous one is like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Where it's it's a gothic but set in a medical establishment and how a gothic can be you know it's the loss of power it's being at the mercy of others um and having your autonomy completely removed and where is the the line of we're helping you cross over into we're abusing our power and i really love all the imagery that we have from entangled because it's all this entangled web trying to figure out who are the patients and what should we be treating? Oh. I like that. I didn't think, I didn't think of that. I yeah. didn't think of it as a, in the perspective of the nurse. I thought of it more as the patient mm-hmm. or like just someone who's on yeah. drugs. Did you get a chance to look at the, uh, the artwork, the album artwork? Um, briefly, sort of. It just, it's a bunch of circuit. No, I can't, I can't, couldn't really see. Let me look. Yeah. So I'm going to send you a, a high definition. The front and back of the record actually shows uh, pictures of the songs. Oh. Also while we're in this aside, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it's Phil Collins, the Tarzan Phil Collins. That is Phil Collins, yeah. And also uh, Phil Collins, like Lily Collins' father. Yeah. And then when I was like, I first before I started listening to it, I was like, Phil Collins is he also going through this weird divorce thing right now? Yeah, he is. I was like, yes, he is. Yeah, the gossip in me. My. needed to know who this guy was yeah my heart really goes out to phil collins because like he's genuinely this really great guy but he's just had some bad luck when it comes to certain things like i don't know the all ins and outs of his personal life right but like Mm -hmm. he's yeah he's gotten kind of the short end of the stick in in a number of ways um i mean right now he's also dealing with some pretty intense carpal tunnel and yeah, I was looking at some pictures comparing him to Peter because I was yeah. like, hmm, I wonder like which one's the better looking one. <laughs> it, it was it was Peter by a long shot. Yeah, yeah, and they actually like go for it. I was looking at current photos of Phil, and I was like, oh, something. I felt uh, he just it just looked sad. Like, yeah, yeah, he's not. He's my boy's not doing so well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he's he's still he's still carrying on he's still hot he's still living his life um, i legit i was like is this tarzan feel like that's him that's him yeah <laughs> Su studio and in the air tonight it's all him oh man and i'm like this is great like i'm like he did find his voice like oh my god he really uh, did yeah 
So I sent you a picture of the um, the album. Oh, so yeah. is the nurse supposed to be for entanglement? Yep, yep. So we've got the nurse for entanglement. Let's see here. So we were we can even go right into Squonk because Squonk is the next one. Yeah, which I was like, am I? It's at first I was like, oh, I thought it was like an adventure. It probably is an adventure song, but I thought it was more like a personal journey, like I have to leave. But then all of a sudden it was just like something's crying in my knapsack or like my shoulder mm-hmm. bag or something, and I was like, okay, what is this really about? Yeah, so you're 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 on the mark. You're on the mark. Um, it's essentially about um, a cat and mouse hunt. Uh, mm. This hunter is after this creature, um, and after the guy caught the creature, the creature is in so much sorrow that he cries himself dead. So that's why oh, that's, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah. So that's why when the hunter opens up the sack, he just sees this giant pool of tears because the creature cried himself to death. I and also so, thought yeah. it was a, at, towards the end, it was like an environmental call, like save the environment. There was I, like one lyric that I thought of yeah. it, but I don't remember what the lyric is. I, I apologize. Say, yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that would be more environmental in that sense. Oh, I think it's more so the, <laughs> all of you are a very dying race placing trust upon a cruel w- world. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's the, uh, the creature, the creature's race. Mm. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, it could be interpreted in many different ways, right? Like that could also be uh, the human race placing trust upon a cruel world. Do we want to move I can next song? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I love Squonk for the music. Like, I just love that oh, driving. Yeah. And my dad always used to say that it was called Squonk because the sounds that are being made sounds like Squonk. Like it's Squonk, Squonk, Squonk. Yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure that out too. I was like, hmm. <laughs> why is it called Squonk? Wow. Um, yeah. What? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mad Man Moon is one of my, again, um, all-time favorite tracks for just, like, where it goes, and... Yeah, I was uh, around 250, for what you're talking about, where it goes, like, around 250, the beat changes, and mm. I really enjoyed that change in beat, and I was like, ooh, where are we going next? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I wrote, mm-hmm. is this one about following your dreams and then death, question mark? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It's kind of, um, it's my big take home message is like the grass is always greener on the other side. Uh, because yeah. the whole thing, like I always vision this very deep desert in like the pale moonlight. So it's like deep in the 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 night um and just kind of wishing away and being somewhere else and then the person essentially hallucinating or dreaming of being free from it but being essentially lost at sea and drowning to death and he's like all 
all I really want is to be back with my sand, to be back with the devil that I know. I was legit going to be like, this was a track I was related to. And then you're describing it. And I was like, mm, maybe not. Well, <laughs> what did you? What did you? <laughs> talk, talk, talk to me about it. What did you interpret well, it as? I interpreted it as someone following their dream, which is sort of like what you interpreted as. Like the grass mm-hmm. is always greener on the other side. I didn't it, like I did notice there were some dark parts, which mm-hmm. was like, ooh, yeah, I'm feeling like, which I'm like, I can relate. I'm feeling very depressed about like trying to follow my dream and like it's not succeeding and stuff like that. Did not interpret death though. Hmm. With- <laughs> yeah, because there's there's the lyric that says, uh, hey man, I'm the Sandman. Boy, have I news for you. Uh, we're going to put you in jail and we'll not throw you on bail. Um, now that you're saying it I'm like how does this lyric sound so familiar it's probably because you've talked about it so many times probably yeah together yeah it sounds so familiar and then you're saying I was like it's probably because Michael says it all the time (laughs) (laughs) maybe yeah I just I don't know I love the the imagery that's being painted there uh Mm -hmm. where he's saying like sand is thicker than blood again kind of like the devil you know is the devil that you'll always choose there's this mysterious figure right of the sandman and who is this sandman and his mystical powers and yeah it's it's kind of something that does pop up throughout the album is of this kind of like devil figure so Mm -hmm. and we can get to that in a later track but i was gonna say i i sort of interpret that as like your your alter ego or like mm-hmm. your self-doubt and stuff like that oh that's um, a really good uh way to interpret that i never even thought about specifically it specifically for the song mm-hmm. based off how i was interpreting it but if we're going to talk about the devil later we'll talk we'll save it for later <laughs> yeah we can save it for a little bit later um now we already mentioned a little bit of robbery assault and battery but i mean that one i think has the most straightforward story of just mm-hmm. like this guy that's pulling off a whole bunch of heists and finally gets caught and trying to weasel his way out of it so i thought it was very unexpected i was not expecting a cops and robber song on but now as we're like looking at the cover art mm-hmm. and just going through each and every song it makes sense all these songs are sort of like they're all fine different like light-hearted folk tales i would like to say or like yeah yeah sort of like tales you can tell your kids at the bedtime but Mm, the dark versions yeah kind of like the original (laughs) brothers grim right yeah yeah and this was something that was quintessentially genesis like all of genesis's songs tell a story and even some of the love songs that they've done later on in their career they still tell a story of some kind which is ripples a love song oh tell me tell me about ripples i don't want to say a thing about ripples i want to hear what you have to say about ripples i this is the one song i didn't take notes because i really was enjoying it i just i'm so glad of course it's great for phil collins voice that's all it is it was such a good song i think the yeah the chorus specifically Mm -hmm. oh it hit me i felt the feel so soothing and it's 
it's my dad's favorite Genesis song, and it's one of my all-time favorite songs. It just, it's very is emotional. It a, is it a love song, though? Am I, like, interpreting this right? Or um, It can be interpreted as a love song. Um, I'm, I'm quickly, like, just reading the lyrics because... Yeah, essentially a, a song about uh, youth lost and reminiscing mm. of days gone by. And with youth is, like... Uh, somebody who had um, like massive amounts of beauty and was uh, never really took it all for granted, uh, but didn't know how to completely appreciate it until it was gone. So it is kind of mm-hmm. like one of those, you don't know you had it until you lost it. And mm-hmm. now that you're on your twilight years, you're thinking back of all the time that you had lost and so it's a very kind of a romanticizing the past kind of a song. Mm-hmm. And it is one of those, you know, uh, almost like a warning from an older generation for a younger generation of don't squander your youth, um, you know, enjoy it as much as you possibly can because one day it will leave you. And yeah, it's, it's a very heartfelt, sad tale. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't mean it as like, yeah i it's not like a happy love song it's not like something that's going to be played on the top 40 but but it it is still kind of a love song in that it's a it's a song of the love that they had of themselves and they're trying Mm -hmm. to through the song at least the way that i've kind of interpreted over the years they're trying to get one last taste of it um by bringing it up and by remembering it trying to bask in that memory i would i think it was one of my favorites Mm -hmm. yeah yeah this is one of the songs that i will belt out in a shower whenever i can (laughs) um it's just it's in my vocal range well not the chorus but like the verses are in my vocal range and I'll, I'll attempt my best to sing the, the choruses and just butcher it and glad that nobody can hear me. Um, can I ask you to sing it right now? You have to. You, you mentioned it. <laughs> it I, mean, I, can, like I can sing some of the chorus, but I, or sorry, uh, some of the verses. I don't think I could do the whole sail away, away. <laughs> it's just a little too high for me. Um, because Phil Collins' voice is magical. I know. I, I can't touch that angelic vocal range. Um, mm-hmm. But I can do like the angels never know it's time to close the book and gracefully decline. The song has found a tale. Like that I can hit. So <laughs> Is that a first? You singing on your podcast? <laughs> it might be. I mean, I've sung in jest, but never in... Um, Never in sincerity. So there you go. <laughs> and even then I was just like, jump to it and cut it off as soon as I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Number seven, Alien, right? No, what is it called? It's, oh, A, a Trick, trick of the Tale. Yeah, the title track. Mm-hmm. I wrote Alien because I thought it was very weird. It was a very weird song. I was not mm-hmm. expecting it. Mm-hmm. Like some, like most of these songs, but I was trying to figure out if it was supposed to have a double meaning, hmm. and like the way it was like a happy tune threw me off a bit mm-hmm. because it was like mm-hmm. fun, but yeah. also like 
this alien is coming to earth and they're just like looking at him funny i also thought there was a kazoo at the end but i don't think i think i'm wrong no was um, there a kazoo i don't know if it's a kazoo (laughs) but i know exactly what you mean it's the sound that goes yes 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 i was like is that a kazoo i love that (laughs) i love a good kazoo i love a good kazoo (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure if it's a kazoo um i think it might just be a synth or a guitar um, but yeah, I love that. And whenever it comes on, I always like kind of bolster myself higher and higher and higher in what I'm sitting. And then whoop. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I, yeah, I was like trying to figure out what the double meaning is. Cause I was like, or maybe I'm overthinking it and it's just a tale about an alien coming to earth. Hmm. So the way that I've always interpreted it and I, I'm going based on the, uh, the visuals of the front cover of the album mm-hmm. is that it's a it's the devil it's the devil oh, coming no. to earth um, and getting locked up and being shown around the uh, kind of the county fairs kind of thing like at a circus um, mm-hmm. and you know saying like the beast that could talk Right. So it's like a uh, like a cow or something like that, because it's almost when depicting uh, the devil in a lot of different art, uh, usually it's like a satyr in having like uh, clothed, clothed hooves and horns. Mm -hmm. So very similar to like a beast of burden in that sense. Uh, But having horns and a tail is very similar to the devil, the devil having a horn and a forked tail. Mm -hmm. And him you know it's it's i really love the story of at first people capturing the devil putting him on display and then us getting bored of him being like yeah the beast that can talk more like a freak or publicity stunt yes i I also thought of that too for a bit you know and so i i really love that idea of um you know the devil only has the power that we give him I, I just, I don't know. I love the idea of if we just kind of shrug it off and be like, whatever, then the devil loses all of his power. And that's when he starts to tempt us saying, oh, well, there's a city of gold. I can, sh- I can bring you to where I'm from. I can bring you to heaven and show you the city of gold and all that. So they release him. He takes them to a giant cliff and then disappears by either getting himself back to hell or getting himself back into heaven. And for a moment, they all see it. They're like, was there a a glimmer of gold? No, it was just a trick of the eye, but the devil was gone. The beast was gone. And in that sense, it's like those who are worthy to go into heaven would be those who do not help the devil. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of that big morals at the end of the story. So yeah, yeah, I loved I love the tale of the trick of the tail because that's the whole thing. It's the trick of the tail. So yeah. that makes so much sense now. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, why is this called the trick of the tail? Like I'm like, then there's this alien and like mm-hmm. something's happening. Like I caught on the gold part because I was like a couple times they mentioned they use color a lot in their songs or mm-hmm. sometimes maybe i'm interpreting that wrong because like first two cover t- songs talked about like green and then there was mm-hmm. a couple of mentions of gold and mm-hmm. stuff so i was like 
maybe this is something I'm supposed to be focusing on the colors and then uh, I just ended up just just listening to it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but it still works uh and then the last track the purely instrumental one of Los Endos which I put an exclamation mark because I did it was also one of my favorite songs even though it was just purely instrumental I just enjoyed it I enjoyed like how how it's just like a recap of all the songs mm-hmm. and I also interpreted as like just sort of a goodbye to Peter like we'll be fine oh, without you oh that's such a nice way of thinking about it I never thought about it that way really yeah that's <laughs> such a great oh I, I've got such a great smile on my face now that's such a good good well, oh, image so that I've got now but you could also be like, it could also be like, fuck you. We're going to be fine without you. <laughs> I don't think I, there was no bad blood. That's the thing. Like they're, oh, okay. they were I didn't all know that. friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, Peter okay. was just like, I got to go on my own way. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. So. Which makes sense because the lyric is, the only lyric in the song is there is an angel standing in the sun free to get back home. Yes. So that is a direct callback to their biggest song that I had our mutual friend Sarah listen to. Um, mm-hmm. And it was from Supper's Ready. And that's the last track. That's the last lyric on Supper's Ready, which is their 24 minute song. And the song ends. <laughs> Thank with... God I did not listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the song ends with there's an angel standing in the sun and he's. Uh searching for his way back home or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how the song plays out. And the song itself is about the revelation in the Bible, like the, after the apocalypse, it's the revelation and coming of Mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. So the angel and the sun can be interpreted in a couple of different ways Um, because it comes right off of the heels of, uh, trick of the tail it could essentially be that it's lucifer going back home uh, because mm. one of lucifer's other names is the morning star mm. so it could be the morning star is essentially the, the sun because it's the star that rises in the morning which it's the sun uh, yeah. so that's <laughs> one way to kind of look at it or it could essentially be you know jesus coming back for the second coming uh it could be a number of different things and i mean as a band called genesis they do like their biblical stance like they never came right out and said that we're religious in any ways but they did like their religious metaphors so it's kind of one um, way of looking at it i have a question yeah the, the 24 minute song Mm-hmm. Was that their last album with Peter? And then part B is, did Peter write that song? Like, Ah, so no, that was off of their uh, fourth album. One, two, three, four. Yeah, so that was their fourth album. Uh, so they had two more albums with Peter before he left. But mm-hmm. Peter did write the lyrics for that track. So I could be right. So you could very much be right. It could in fact be the boys sending their, their homeboy Peter back home. Fuck you. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but that is such, I've never thought about it that way. And it is such a nice, just a nice way of thinking about it. I love that. Because they do end a lot of their concerts with that song, even, even now. Mm-hmm. So. Do they still sing the songs that when they were with Peter or do they just do their own like post Peter? <laughs> they don't sing a lot of them, but they do sing a few They're mm-hmm. They usually just stick to their newer stuff, like the stuff that they did in the eighties. 
but uh, they do play a handful of ones with Peter. Um, or I guess without Peter, but like Peter that wrote. Uh, Steve Hackett, mm-hmm. the lead guitarist, plays a lot of the songs from the Peter Gabriel and this album. Uh, he'll play a little mm-hmm. bit from Wind and Weathering, which is the next album in their discography, and then he left. So he kind of he kind of left just before they got really really big in the eighties, but uh, he still plays all I, that old stuff. I really really just want to be like I'm right. This is correct. It has to be Michael. It has to be. It you, has to be a farewell song to him. You, like yeah, you got it in one. That's all signs are pointing to it. All signs are definitely <laughs> pointing to it. I will be very sad if I'm wrong with this prediction. <laughs> I mean, with with interpreting music like this, there's no wrong way to interpret it. So I think you are definitely on the right path. And I love that idea. Great. Now yeah. you can make sure you quote me when you tell people your interpretation. <laughs> of this song. I will. When you talk about this song to other people, be like, my friend Megan, who knows nothing and is very awkward thought this about this <laughs> <laughs> i will say my friend megan who knows a lot of stuff who is also <laughs> just happens to be awkward uh yeah. <laughs> she had this very profound way of interpreting los endos oh thanks yeah. bud <laughs> i got you um so yeah overall really like the album i'm glad to hear would you return to it i think i would i think um this would be a good like focusing album, like mm. focusing on work album that I could mm-hmm. just put on. Um, I know you don't like music that's like really hard. Well, this like heavy beats to focus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I do. So I could add that to my list. There you go. Especially mm-hmm. some of those like really pump up the jam tracks, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like squonk and dance on a volcano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll just see me dancing in my <laughs> squonk. <laughs> Oh, gonna catch that creature <laughs> you gotta catch him yeah. oh boy so switching gears then you had me listen to feel your feelings fool uh and from... did you feel your feelings fool <laughs> i did i did um so um a little bit of a preface about this album before i dive into it um one of my least favorite styles of music it just happens to be punk I never liked it before too but they converted me (laughs) yeah and so I'm always up to having my ideals challenged and Mm -hmm. I'm always open to a band that can take a style of music that I generally don't like and present it in a way that I can grab onto and I can enjoy Uh, I mean that's like Kenrick Lamar with rap that's like uh, Orville Peck with country I wish pardon me oh taylor swift and pop yeah 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 um we can't forget about taylor i really can't forget about taylor i mean i'm wearing my sweatshirt of her right now so um i wish i could say that about the regrets so i regret to inform you that they did not convert me i'm so sorry i know you're heartbroken i tried my draw is dropped i am so I am so sorry. I know. Oh I know. I tried. I tried, but I have to be. I gotta be. I gotta be me. Um, now that's not to say that I didn't enjoy this album in its 
whole. There were a few tracks on here that I did like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have some notes about a lot of these tracks. I think overall, the thing that I liked about this album and the thing that I appreciate about this album is it took some of the facets about punk that I don't normally like and presented them in a way that I could see a lot of other people getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it has that aggressive forward in your face, damn the man, we're going to do what we want kind of aspect about it, but presented it in a sweet indie homegrown kind of a way. So in that respect, I can appreciate uh, their mm-hmm. musical expression. Uh, it reminds me of like a lot of the early, early indie stuff from like the 90s, a, a style of music that's getting, that was popular about maybe five years ago, which was like the dream synth pop. Um, mm-hmm. That was very prevalent, especially within more of like a youth culture. Uh, and that's one thing. I loved how jovial and I, I say this word not as a negative, but as more of a descriptor, uh, which is juvenile. Um, it's very young. It's very youthful. It's very fresh. Um, I'm nodding my head. I agree. Um, I'll let yeah. you continue before I say my thoughts. Yeah. The the big thing, the big thing that I really liked is that there there's a, an overarching theme of this experienced unexperiencedness about it like an unrefined way of expressing their emotions of newfound experiences after being raised with certain expectations and certain unfulfilled um promises that were given to us okay does knowing that they're like 17 16 when they wrote this album help with that thought like it does obviously. Okay. yeah yeah and and that's part of the thing that i really liked about it because of all that and because of everything that i just said you can tell two things one is that everything that they're putting forward is very real it's very mm-hmm. raw but it's very real it's very genuine it's very sincere about it all there's no filter there's no polishing there's no processing it's all just almost stream of thought um and because of that there's no big corporation that's behind them that you can see being like yes make us the money (laughs) it's ours we're going to milk your youth for our own means um but i just don't connect with that and maybe i've finally turned into old man yellow at clouds yeah i finally turned into that I'm gonna drop my jaw has dropped again. I know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I try. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll say my thought before you continue on. Um please the do. reason why I've been really into this album is because I have been angry and it's been uh-huh. getting my anger out. And it was just like there's so many, like, like you said, it's just like their interpretation of the world and their young mindset, like juvenile. I'm just like, yeah, fuck it to the man. Like, oh my gosh, like feminist I feel empowered when I listen to it I also was thinking about this while um you said growing up there was no one like this um 
like this band like it was mostly top 40 hits mm-hmm. john kingston whatever whatever like yeah 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 would be would be avril lavigne but mm. her punk phase was before i was old enough to listen to it like yeah I to really to appreciate it, it to appreciate it when i was growing up we got girlfriend by avril lavigne so like yeah <laughs> hey hey you you i don't want a girlfriend yeah so you can see what like that's the type of music i grew up with and then like listening to it i'm just like oh my gosh i wish i had this i would have been such a more confident teen like mm-hmm. it's so awkward i'm still awkward as i keep t- telling your viewers <laughs> um like, maybe if i had this rock punk band growing up i would have been like a feminist earlier on like mm-hmm. yeah. no I, and that's that's i that. can i can see the demographic <laughs> that they're aiming for and i can see that all these songs would be very very fun to experience live and i can understand oh, yeah, exactly yeah. what you're talking about in terms of like how to properly experience these tracks um and i mean most of my notes for these tracks are fun real fun lots of fun very fun poc- uh, punk fun um <laughs> and as i mentioned um there are, there were actually some lyrics that I really, really enjoyed and I could I could connect with. Uh, the one was um, A Living Human Girl. Um, the lyric, I believe, was the last lyric of something along the lines of like, I fall in love with everybody I see, but if you ask me out, I'm still allowed to say no. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I fall in love with peace. Once a day, oh, but if you ask me out, I'm still allowed to say no way. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, you do have the right to say no. Yeah, you do. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah, it's, uh. yeah, and, um, you know that that you're a guy i don't know if you've ever experienced that but like there's so many times where just like you're in awkward situations you're just like no i don't want to like yeah oh it's yeah. so relatable michael like <laughs> well, that you don't like it <laughs> i know i'm so sorry uh i mean as a guy when i was that age i would i mean i always knew that asking a woman out was an awkward situation and mm-hmm. I mean, I probably self-sabotaged by opening up with, you are allowed to say no. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I wanted to put them at ease. I, I opened up with, you can say no. Like, this is a safe space. But do you want to go out all... with me? And they're like, oh, I can say no? No. I'm like, okay. Cool. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, I had a total of zero dates <laughs> when I was a teenager and young adult. Uh. But I mean, as a guy, they also like I I remember like being, I guess the proper word would be frustrated, um, mm-hmm. and going to a lot of my, um, I guess more experienced uh, friends and family, kind of like asking them for dating advice. And across the board, no matter who I asked, they always said, never leave an opening for them to say no. Like that was- I didn't listen to it. I didn't. Because <laughs> I felt 
like no this You're is their too choice nice. we're both nice people we're so too i understand nice, yeah. right but like i just remembered that and um like all of my my friends who were in relationships or had uh, success in terms of dating, they always said the same thing. They're like, if you leave an opening for a woman to say no, they will always 100% take it because they don't know what they want. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, that's a horrible thing to say, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always going to leave, let them choose whether or not they want to say yes, right? Like I don't want to mm -hmm. make their choice for them. Anyway, that's a little off topic. I also really like the song Seashore. Yes, I was going to ask you about that one. That's one else is like also my favorite. It took yeah. a bit to get into because it is one of their most popular ones. And I was like, why is this one of their most popular ones? And then after like 10 lessons, I was like, I get it. Yeah, I like uh, the guitar solo that's in it. Uh, being mm -hmm. more of like a music guy. I also love kind of the like surfer vibe I'm getting from it um, mm -hmm. and that was something that's across the board for a lot of their music but it also has kind of like a western flavor to it I also loved uh, Till Tomorrow, especially now. Uh, I just love the lyric of, I don't know if I'll live till tomorrow mm -hmm. uh, near the end. Yep. Um, but my favorite track off of this whole album and one that I actually listened to for a second time after the album finished was Pale Skin. That track, oh. I don't know why, but I, I loved... I think it was channeling some of that dream synth that I love because uh, the guitars are very dreamy. The layers are like in abundance on this track. They're mm -hmm. overlaid in terms of like all the sounds that are going on. And I also love that build up and switch of the music right at the halfway point. So as a song, I love how it's constructed and how it's played out, um, especially with all the songs that were preceding it, which are very straightforward, very like three note guitar sequences, very chugging, very like bam, 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 which, you know, is fine. It's fun. But I love that kind of more dream-esque aspect of the pale skin. I sort of forget that song. So I have Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I don't want to listen to it right now because we're in the middle of recording, but I don't remember it. <laughs> oh, that's okay. You can take a second to listen to it. Let me just get like a... Okay. I know what song you're talking about now. I have okay. to listen to it like five seconds of it, but... Mm -hmm. No problem. It might also be that I think it's the longest track off the album. Um, let me... Let's double check. It probably um, is. No, yeah, I think the, only... the last one is... Yeah, the last one does a, um, a hidden track feature. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so it's technically two, but yeah, I think it's the longest track off the album. So I'm curious. So like I chose this because they have two albums. This is their debut. Mm -hmm. And I chose this one specifically for the punkness of it because I was like, I, 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 I don't know if Michael has ever listened to punk music. And like, this is also my new adventure to dive into this genre because before mm -hmm. I never really listened to it. Yeah. Um, but their second album is more, it's less punk, I would say. Okay. And it's full of love songs. Like it's oh, called How Do, you, How Do You Love? And I saw that. It has yeah. like my favorite song on there and i was like do mm. i want to geek over this one song or do i want to give michael a challenge oh give me I a challenge the, i went with the challenge i'm cause... always here for for a challenge um mm -hmm. yeah because the other song and this is kind of funny that i actually have written things down for um so i have bronze which was a great ending that really earned the ending that it was going for but it's actually the next song of Ladylike and uh, What a Bitch. Because mm -hmm. I wrote down the first couple of lyrics. I'm like, oh, it me. <laughs> you know, being like, be shy, be, um, go and read. Um, oh, and then it gets hardcore. <laughs> and then it gets like really hardcore. I'm like, oh, 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 that's, that's society's expectation of women. Why am I identifying so hard with this? <laughs> Oh, geez. Like, you know, clean up. Because that's what we were taught. We had that, to be shy. We had to dress proper. We had to. Yeah. Wear your skirts at your knees yeah. length. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Going to a Catholic school, Michael. I don't know if you went to a Catholic school. I did. But I, did. I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it Ugh, was. It, it was... baffles me. The yep. debate over your length of your skirt. Oh, we had teachers that carried rulers because of that. And um mm -hmm. It, what was funny was in my school, they actually had to update the dress code because of myself and my friend. Um, because Did you wear skirts to school? We did. <laughs> because there was nowhere that said that guys couldn't wear skirts. We just had to wear the kilt by our mm -hmm. knees. Like they couldn't be, they had to be at our knees. So we did. And we followed the dress code to the law, like to the letter. Um, mm -hmm. And we got called into the principal's office, or actually it was the vice principal's office because you know, they're, they're in charge of the discipline and they're like, you're in violation of the dress code. And we both said where, and he's just like, well, and he couldn't find it. So <laughs> the next day they issued an update on the dress code saying that guys were not allowed to wear skirts. Wow. So, I'm just going to clap yeah. to you. Oh, and I liked it for women in your <laughs> catholic high school i mean in in our defense um not to kind of diminish the <laughs> the <laughs> applause um we did it a because it was like may and it was like ridiculously hot out and the pants that they made us wear were not fun uh and b because we also wanted to cause a little bit of a disturbance he more so than me i wanted to wear it because i feel comfortable in a skirt um and that's just what i like to wear mm -hmm. but he was just like he didn't give a, you know, he didn't give a care uh, and he just thought it would be funny. So. Well, I'm applauding to you and not your friend who just wanted to give <laughs> get a shit out of people. Um, but I, I, I'm also shocked that you don't like it because you're such a feminist, Michael. And like, 
this is such a feminist album, I think, in my opinion. Oh, I, I appreciate the messages and the lyrics. Is it just the music? It's because just it's- the music. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that raw presentation of sound. I just don't connect with it. I, I need... Mm. I need a little bit more melodies and harmonies because when I finish listening to an album like this, I don't have anything in my head to grab onto to think about outside of the lyrics. Because all I hear is I mean seashore a little bit. Um and especially especially with pale skin, because pale skin is very melodic. But that's just that's a personal taste. I still really appreciate and applaud this album in terms of its lyrics and its content and what it's going for. Okay. I'm still so, shocked. I'm sorry that I I'm know. not talking about it because I'm just, I'm very upset right now. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But I'm also curious. Is this your first album that you didn't really like on your podcast? Um, maybe there i shouldn't say that there was my buddy travis got me to listen to a japanese death metal group um oh so we're like in this um punk is an offspring of the a little bit a little bit um i i i my enjoyment of both of those of this album and it was a duran gray album uh is probably about the same in that i appreciate it i see what it's going for it's just not for me that's all in terms of the music in terms of the music (sighs) i know i'm so sorry i I tried i i'm not like disappointed like because i don't really like punk that much either but this one like converted me to start to give it a chance and i was like oh Oh, i'm I'm, so sad this didn't do the same for you i'm always (laughs) open i will always check out any album that uh, a friend or a loved one you know says you got to check it out i'll always give it that chance because I'm always hopeful that I'll see like an album will hit me the same way that it's hitting them. Mm-hmm. Just, just for punk, so it hasn't happened yet. I've just been so angry. My God. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's it. I don't get, I don't get angry. I just get sad. So. Oh, okay. Then yeah. I don't want to give you a depressing album though. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I have lots of depressing albums. Oh, <laughs> uh. Is there anything else you didn't like about it? Because you talked about all the things you liked. Just give it to me. <laughs> oh boy, no, no. I think I think I said everything about the things that I didn't like about it at the beginning because I always like to get those mm-hmm. out of the way first so that I can end off on a better flavor. Yeah. Well, will you will you listen to this album again? I don't think I'd listen to it in its entirety. I think mm-hmm. I know I definitely will go back to Seashore and I will go back to Pale Skin. Like I'll probably put Pale Skin on like one of my um, playlists. Ooh, I feel okay. Yeah, because okay. I did. I did genuinely love Pale Skin. Oh, I really want to send you their second album. <laughs> I just want to convince you to like this. I mean, I'll give the second <laughs> album a spin to see if it will do it for me. And then I'll I'll report back to say whether or not I've been converted. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but but is there any other thoughts that you have about this album? Like, was there something I was completely missing? No, because the, everything that you like is why I really really like it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You said it perfectly. Oh. What you like? 
It's just I feel it for all the songs, and you only feel it for three. For a few, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Bronze was all right as well. And I did like You Won't Do with the fun hidden track at the end. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. Oh, no, don't apologize. You you gave me a new experience, and not all experiences are going to be, you know, amazing, but it's a new experience. So Now I feel like I'm going to have to give you ABBA next week. Next <laughs> <laughs> the next time it'll be ABBA, and I'll be able to, like, really sink my teeth into what it is I don't like about ABBA. <laughs> Or maybe who knows? Debate. who knows maybe maybe being forced to sit down and listen to it will convert me even more and i'll walk away being like you know what abba's not that bad no i don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> no based on the few conversations we've had i feel like this is a deep hatred that <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll see maybe enough time has gone by um uh, maybe I've, I've experienced more facets of life to make me appreciate it for something else mm-hmm. yeah yeah we'll see well, thank you so much for coming on board. Thanks for having me. I, yeah, I had fun. Good. Even though I didn't really talk much this time, but I, I had really a good time. Yeah. You and listened to some great music. Well, I did yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I listened to some really good music. Uh, wouldn't be my cup of tea, but I mean, I would recommend it for individuals that like this kind of punk. Um, mm-hmm. And you gave me some really interesting things to think about for one of an, like an album that I thought I couldn't think of anything new for. Which I am shocked because I am the worst person with words and like deeper meaning shit, like I, <laughs> very surface level level for things. So like, <laughs> I can add that a check mark for something I did today. I learned, I did go. something new. I you convinced someone of because I don't know yeah you know you made me think about an album that I've been listening to for the past like 15 years over half of my life uh in a new facet in a new way so that's that's a pretty good achievement I'd say that's achievement unlocked I'm doing like a seat dance a little shimmy a little shimmy yeah (laughs) all right perfect uh well again thank you so much for agreeing to come on again uh is there anything you want to uh leave the listeners with Oh, next time it will be ABBA. <laughs> next time. <laughs> next time, Gadget. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for coming on, and everybody keep sharing music. Bye. Thank you. Oh, I'm so upset. I can't believe it. <laughs>